What's wrong with you? I don't think that's funny. You're not much of a bargain, you know. You're conceited and thoughtless and messy. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Storytime. I am Gamer Dude, and I'm glad to have you here today. Thanks for tuning in. This week's stories are about mom. It's Mother's Day week, and we're doing a themed show today. It's about mom to celebrate Mother's Day. The short message today is, remember your mom. Everybody has a different relationship with their moms. Some moms have really close, personal, loving relationships. Some moms are incredibly toxic individuals and you don't want to ever see them again. And maybe you haven't seen your mom for years. And I'm not saying you should embrace your mom if you don't have a great relationship with her. I'm, I'm, I'm starting off acknowledging that not everybody has a great relationship with mom. But I will say this. If it wasn't for mom, you wouldn't be here. So no matter how toxic your relationship is with mom, at least remember, but for her, you wouldn't be here. So at least give thanks for that. Moms can be difficult. I had a difficult mom myself. I loved my mother very, very much. But mom did did have... Mom did have an agenda. Let's put it that way. Mom had her way of seeing things and doing things... And as you grow up, you learn how to work with mom. I had a great mom. I also had a horrible mom, depending on the day. (laughs) There were times where I'd go, Mom, what are you thinking? Those happened more as I was an adult, because as a kid, what mom says goes. But I wanted to share some more stories about my mom with you uh, to celebrate Mother's Day. Because when push comes to shove, I did have a good relationship with my mom. I did have a good mom, and and I did love her and still do love her dearly. For those who don't know, for those who are uh, new to the podcast, new to the stream, uh, my mom did pass a few years ago, and I did lose her, and it was it was a, a horrific loss, and it's a very difficult thing to deal with. But that doesn't mean that I have forgotten her, and in fact, I still have one of her last voice messages saved on my phone, because at least that way I have just a little bit of her on my phone, in my pocket all of the time. Yeah, it's a little weird, I know. But when you're growing up and you have a mom who's there all of the time, you, that's your focal point. I'm the oldest in my family, so I was obviously the first child she ever had. My siblings called me the experiment. You know, we were very, very close because I was the first. But my mom and my dad had what you would, I guess, call the quote-unquote traditional relationship. Dad worked. He worked nine to five and overtime when needed. And mom stayed at home. So mom was raising kids all of her adult life. Now, she did go to college. She went to university. She went to the University of Syracuse, and she graduated there with a teaching degree. And uh, she taught for a couple of years after she got out. Uh, and I've I mentioned this before, but I'll mention it for those who haven't checked out the previous episodes of the podcast. Mom taught English and theater, and she was very, very good at it. Uh, And if you'd like to know more about my mom and her views on English and language, you can check out. (laughs) I still laugh when I think about my mother and words like irregardless. But you can check out the podcast about words and language uh, to get a feeling of how 
how much of a language snob my mother was and how much of it she passed on to me. But it was very important to her. So that was something that I grew up with, and that was something that she brought to the table. Uh, and she she raised us with this viewpoint of speaking correctly and acting correctly. And that was the way she raised us, both me and my brother and my sister. Now, my mom did give up a career. She stopped as a teacher to raise kids. And that's the way it was back when I was a kid. You know, women were just starting to get out of the house and becoming more involved in the workforce. But there was still the traditional dad works, mom stays at home and raises the kids mentality that I grew up with. And you didn't think twice about it. That's just the way it was. So my mom raised three kids. My sister is two and a half years younger than me. My brother is five and a half years younger than me. So if you do the math, she had three kids under the age of six in the house at the same time by herself. And back in those days, there weren't nannies, there weren't babysitters, there wasn't daycare. It was mom and three kids. So that's what she dealt with. To give you a frame of reference for what she was dealing with, before she decided to get married and have kids, she did have a life. Now, I don't know a lot about it because in my generation, kids and parents didn't talk about the parents' lives as much as kids and parents do now. And I try to tell my kids about my life, about what it's like. And actually, this podcast is kind of an extension of that, not only for my kids, but for all of you, because there's a whole generation out there that doesn't know what came before. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know what happened with my mom and my dad when they were kids before I was around. And I kind of wish that I did. So that's one of the reasons that I have this Storytime podcast, so I can pass on those stories for those who are interested in hearing them. Because I'd be interested to hear more detail about what happened to my mom when she was in university and after she was in university and when she was teaching. And she didn't share a lot of that. There's pieces that I know. For instance, I know that when she graduated from college, she and three of her girlfriends, I believe it was three. See, I don't even know that for sure. It was either two or three girlfriends hopped in a car and drove from New York to California. Now, this is before all of the interstate highways were all the way across the country. So they were taking country roads and surface roads and state routes. And they drove for days from New York to California. And they explored the areas that they visited and spent time there. It was her, I guess you would call it her summer of discovery. And they looked at various places throughout the country and experienced it. But I never sat down to talk to her in detail about it. She had a photo album, and back in those days, you actually had to take film pictures. There weren't digital pictures where you could load 150 pictures up on a phone in a day. If you wanted to take pictures, you had to buy film for it, put it in the camera, take the pictures, hope they came out, because you didn't really have a way to find out if they came out until you got home to develop the film. But she took dozens and dozens of pictures and developed all the pictures. And there was the photo album of the California trip. And so I can see where she went. I could see the things that she did. So she had this adventurous life that she lived before she decided to go to work after college. So then she went to work and she was teaching. And I've seen programs of things that she did and I've seen lesson plans. But I don't know a lot about what she did in school and how she taught and how she interacted with the kids. I know that the kids seemed to like her. But then she gave it up. She stopped working. She decided to go get married and have a family. And that's what she did. So she had three kids with my dad and um, spent the next, I would say, I'm trying to remember exactly when she started teaching again. 
because I guess she got bored raising kids. Can you imagine being cooped up in the house with three kids under the age of six, getting bored with that? Who would have thought? I guess my brother was in, I think he was in the third or the fourth grade. So that would have been about 10 years of doing nothing but raising kids. And then I don't know what the conversation was, but she and my dad came to the conclusion that it was okay for her to go back to work. I don't know if he gave permission. I don't think that's how their relationship worked. But in a lot of relationships between between husband and wife back in those days, that is how it worked. The woman would ask the man, is it okay if I go back to work? My parents had a more advanced relationship than that. So I'm pretty sure there was a conversation that, is it okay? Do you mind? Can we do this? What do you think about that? And there was a give and take between them. And she ultimately went back to work substitute teaching in the schools. The bad part about that is she was substituting in the schools which we were attending. Gosh, there's nothing better than having your mom as a substitute teacher. Go ahead and imagine that for a second, if you will. I was fortunate. I was the oldest. So I was out of the elementary school and I was out of the middle school by the time she started substitute teaching. I was up in the high school. My poor brother and sister did get my mom as a substitute teacher at times. Yeah, that's not easy to live with, having mom as a substitute teacher. But she did that for several years. I went away to school, and she was still substitute teaching. Um, And she did that off and on for 15, 20 years, something like that. But that wasn't all she did. My mom was also, and I've, I've said this before, so forgive me if I'm repeating things you've heard, but not everybody tunes into every stream. Not everybody tunes into every episode. So I'll catch you up in case you didn't know. My mom was a very artistic person. My mom was a very musical person. My mom was a very creative person. So she had a lot of diverse interests. And my dad just supported her in everything that she did. She wanted to paint. He would buy all the paints in the world, easels and canvas and watercolors and oil paints and whatever she wanted, whatever she needed, he would make sure she had it. Music. She loved music. She was very musical. So we always had a piano in the house. Uh, If the piano needed tuning, he'd get it tuned. I know we had to replace the piano at one point. Now, as I've said many times, we didn't have two nickels to rub together, so we wouldn't go to the piano store. I guess there's piano stores. We wouldn't go to the piano store and say, we'd like one of those, please. My dad would find auctions or garage sales where they were selling a piano, and I remember this vividly. We needed a new piano, and we found one at an auction. So my dad bid on it, And got it for a cheap price. Because when you think about it, pianos are not the easiest thing to move. So there's not a lot of people bidding on pianos at auctions. And we did have to move this piano. Now, I remember we owned a Volkswagen van at the time. And somehow, my dad and a couple of the guys who were at the sale managed to get get this piano into the back of a Volkswagen van. I do not know how, but they did. Because my dad wanted to make sure my mom had a piano. And then he got it home and we somehow managed to get the piano out of the car, up the front walk, and it was an uphill climb, and up a set of stairs to get into the house. And all because my mom needed a piano. But that was my dad. That's, that's what he did. He took care of my mom. If she needed a piano, she got a piano. But it wasn't just a piano. It was guitars, accordions, concertinas, a zither, a mandolin, you name it, she could play it, a recorder. She had finger cymbals and castanets, anything musical that she could use, she did. 
So you had the art, you had the music. She was also a writer. She wrote a couple of books and spent years trying to get them published. I actually have the manuscripts somewhere. I haven't read them yet. The mom's been gone for a while. She never let me read them while she was trying to shop them around. But I know where the manuscripts were when she passed, and I saved them in a box. And at one point, what I intend to do is take a look at them and read them and maybe give them an edit. I have seen parts of them. And this is one of those things you can't tell your mom. Ma, you, you really could use a good edit here. How do you tell your mom? You're a little wordy there, mom. Maybe try this word. So I never got the chance to do that. But one of the things I may consider doing is editing the book and trying to shop it around again or even publish it for her. Even though it would be uh, posthumous, it would still be something that I could say was done for my mom because she was a good writer. But she didn't just write books. She wrote uh, <laughs> she wrote sternly worded letters to newspapers and radio stations and television stations complaining about this, that, or the other thing. And I have a file of those somewhere. And maybe I'll pull those out for a future episode of, of story time because <laughs> my mom could really go off. Um, but she also wrote poetry. And she wrote a poem when I was young. And of all of the things I was going to share today, this is one of the things that I, that I really wanted to share. Um, because she, <laughs> she never let me forget that I was, a, I guess, a rather difficult child. Who could have thought that? Me? Difficult? But apparently I was. But I'm sure it was partly a function of the fact that I was the first. So, you know, how do you how do you deal with the first child? It's very difficult. I've had a first child. I've had a second child, too. I've had a third child. They're very difficult to deal with no matter what order they come in. But I guess the first one is probably the most difficult because you don't know. They don't come with a manual. And my mom, when I was born, now I have to do the math. My mom was about, I think it was 24 years old when I was born. So she's 24 years old, fresh out of school, fresh off of a job where she was teaching high school students, and now she's got a baby. And there's no manual that goes with that baby, so it was difficult times for a young woman raising a child with a husband at home and no other support. So apparently I was difficult. (laughs) But it was not so difficult that it stopped her creative gifts. So what I wanted to share with you was a poem that she wrote that she called The Gift. And it was about me, so I must have been the gift, right? I'm not sharing it for that reason. I'm sharing it because it's just a little piece of my mom that I wanted to share with you. So it's called The Gift. And uh, I'll just read it straight for you. At dawn, my son is up and out of bed with that peculiar small boy walk, so like an elephant's tread. Down the stairs in a whirl of noise, another peculiar trait of small boys who are unable to move about without a thump or thud or yell or shout. A struggle through breakfast, spilled milk on the floor, and a session in dressing like a tug of war leaves me sharp-tongued, annoyed, and mad, and wondering if all little boys are so bad. Time passes at last, and out in the wind, out in the spring of green and gold, he advances on tigers and dragons, and strides through them all, courageous and bold. Standing in the splashing sunlight, I watch and see a child beloved by my husband and me. And thinking on love and anger, my harsh words of the morning I rue, when a small sunlit figure suddenly turns to my view, and I hear through the morning light damp with dew, Mommy, oh mommy, I love you too. 
and that's my mom. As I got older, my mom was there. She supported me, and my dad was there too, and he supported me too. Uh, And yes, I'll be talking about my dad for Father's Day, so you can mark that in your calendar. Uh, But my mom was always there uh, with words of support and words of love, and she loved her grandkids. She took care of her grandkids when we asked her to. Um, she just loved being a mom. She loved being a grandmom. She was a very caring, very loving person. She could be difficult at times, <laughs> as as most moms are. Uh, she had a, a penchant for passive-aggressive behavior. There were ways that she would try to get her way without seeming to try to get her way. And those are stories for another day. But we all deal with that. We all deal with our own relationships with our mom. Because as much as you love your mom, as much as you spend time with your mom, as much as you enjoy her company, there are times where she's going to make you absolutely crazy. She will make you want to pull your hair out. She will make you nuts. She will make you think that you're going insane because of the things that she says or the things that she does. That's just the nature of moms. I've got other memories of my mom, too. When she was older, she had never taken dance class, and she wanted to take dance class. So she was in her 60s and signed up for a tap dancing class. Sure enough, she took tap class. Not only did she do tap class, she did recitals. And yes, we got to go see my mom tap dance in recitals. Because that's what you do. You support your mom. She did art shows. I have artwork. She did oil colors, watercolors. She learned to do pastels. She learned to do pen and ink drawings. She would enter her stuff in local art shows and be out there doing what artists do, talking about their work and showing off the technique. And she actually sold some pen and ink drawings that she has. I have a lot of her stuff. I don't really have a place in my house to display it. So what I've done is I've converted a wall in the garage, which is a finished garage. Don't worry. I don't have stuff out there, (laughs) out there exposed to the elements. I have things mounted on a nicely finished wall in a nicely finished garage, but I have one wall devoted to my mother's art and it's all up there on the wall. It's kind of there as a tribute and, and to remind me of, of what she did. She also painted, uh, the bedroom door to one of the bedrooms in the house with a castle on a cliff with a waterfall pouring over the cliff. I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why she decided to use the bedroom door as her canvas, but she did. And it's a really nice painting of a castle on a cliff. So nice that my oldest wants the door So I saved it from the house. I took it off the hinges. It's sitting in my garage with all the other artwork. And when he has a house and a room that he can put it in, he wants to attach it to the house that he moves into because he loved that door. But that's the memory that she created that I still have and that's passed on to my kids. And that door, boy, I hope that door lasts another hundred years because it's a great door. The other thing that I'll always remember about my mom is her, I guess you would call them the malapropisms. As careful as she was about using the correct words and using the correct language, there are certain things that she would still make a mistake on. To this day, I don't know if she did it on purpose or because it was really a mistake, 
But the one that always sticks in my mind and the one that I always tell everybody about, who anybody who will listen, is the Willowbrook Mall story. We live in northern New Jersey, and one of the biggest shopping malls that opened up back in, I guess it was the 70s, was a place called the Willowbrook Mall. And it was a huge mall, one of the hugest at the time. Other malls opened and were bigger, but for us, the Willowbrook Mall was the mecca of all malls. It was huge. It had wings. It had anchor stores. It had everything that, that you could possibly want, including an arcade. Yes, a video arcade so that if the moms and dads were shopping, the kids could go to the arcade and hang out. Oh, it was a glorious place. But for all of my life, my mother called it the Meadowbrook Mall. <laughs> I don't know why, but she always wanted to go to Meadowbrook Mall. She could never get Willowbrook Mall right. It was always Meadowbrook Mall. Mom, it's not Meadowbrook. And she'd go, oh, that's what I meant. But every time she wanted to go to the mall, it was, can we go to Meadowbrook? At one point, we were driving back from some vacation trip, and we actually drove past a place called the Meadowbrook Mall, which was about five hours from the house. So from that day forward, every time she wanted to go to Meadowbrook Mall, I said, well, pack the bags because it's a five-hour drive. Those are the memories of my mom. Obviously, I have a lot. She was around for a good number of years. And um, as difficult as the relationship can be with your mom, she's still your mom. So if nothing else, remember that. And as I said at the very beginning, if it wasn't for mom, you wouldn't be here. I'm not saying you have to love, honor, and respect everything that she does. I'm not even saying you have to have a great relationship with your mom. I'm not even saying you have to remember her on Mother's Day. But if you do have a good relationship with your mom, if you've had some bad times but you're in a difficult spot, you know, sometimes it's okay to say, Ma, I'm sorry. Now, that's not to say mom can't be a jerk. That's not to say mom can't be really toxic. There are bad moms out there. And if you have one of those really bad moms, I understand. And I understand why you might say, Gamer, dude, you're just screwed up. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. But, at the very least, remember that your mom did give you life. And if not for that, you wouldn't be here to say, Gamer, dude, you're messed up. Anyway, those are the stories of my mom. I hope you have some good memories of your mom. And I hope if you're in a position to wish your mom a happy Mother's Day, you don't forget to do so. Mom doesn't need a big gift, fancy flowers, expensive jewelry. I'll tell you quite honestly, the only thing mom needs from you is recognition. Just remember to say, Mom, I remember you. And thanks. Believe me, that's all she'll ever need. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in yet again. I can't thank you enough for all of the support that you guys give me. I can't thank you enough for all the kind words about the podcast. And I can't thank you enough for all of you who listen to the podcast and give me feedback and give me support. It means the world to me that you're here and you're listening and that you care. Thank you so much for that. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. Take care of your mom. Have a great week. And I'll see you next time.